Chapter 15, Shoot or Don't Shoot Scenarios, Attacked While Unloading Groceries. On February 4th, 2016, Amy decided to go grocery shopping after getting off work early. Amy always preferred to shop in the evening when the stores were less crowded. On her way home, she noticed a strange man walking down her street. Something about this man just didn't seem right. So instead of getting out of her car, Amy decided to sit and wait until the strange man walked around the corner. This strategy was brilliant. I mean, why would you get out of the relative safety of your vehicle when you don't feel safe? A few minutes went by and she noticed the man had disappeared around the corner. Amy thought it was now safe to exit the vehicle. She began gathering her groceries when all of a sudden, she noticed something in her peripheral vision. It was this strange man and he was in a full sprint towards her. Acting quickly, Amy dropped everything, jumped in the car and locked the door. The second I locked the door, the man began jiggling the handle, Amy said as she told the story during one of my courses. She continued, the man walked around my car checking each door to see if it was unlocked. Then he punched the window and walked away. The attacker wasn't interested in robbing Amy because during the chaos, she had dropped her purse in the yard. This man wanted something more than money. The big questions. How could Amy avoid this threat? I think Amy handled this situation perfectly. She identified an individual exhibiting strange behavior because she was aware of her surroundings. Amy made a brilliant decision by staying in the vehicle with the doors locked until the man was around the corner. The only thing she could have done was immediately run into her house, leaving the groceries in the car. However, this just isn't always practical. Amy had no way of knowing the man was hiding around the corner, waiting for her to exit the vehicle. What self-defense options could have been used? I'm a big believer in pepper spray. As Amy was getting out of the vehicle, she should have had pepper spray in her hand and continued to scan the area. When she noticed the attacker, she could begin yelling commands such as, stop, don't come any closer. If the attacker refused to stop, Amy could spray him. However, I think the option she chose by locking herself in the vehicle was a much safer and wiser. Does this scenario fall under the Castle Doctrine? This situation might fall under the Florida Statute 776.013, subsection 4. Here's what it says. A person who unlawfully and by force enters or attempts to enter a person's dwelling, residence, or occupied vehicle is presumed to be doing so with the intent to commit an unlawful act involving force or violence. The attacker is attempting to enter an occupied vehicle unlawfully and by force. However, the use of deadly force must also be a reasonable response. If Amy's securely locked inside of her car, is her only option to pull out her firearm and shoot? Obviously not, because she is safe and secure inside the vehicle. Where is the line in the sand? 
At the moment, Amy is safe and secure inside her vehicle, and the attacker cannot get in. But that could change in an instant. The attacker could pick up a landscaping brick and smash a window. At this point, Amy would have no other option but to use her firearm in self-defense. Is the attacker entering unlawfully? Yes. Is the attacker entering by force? Yes. Is the use of deadly force a reasonable response? In my opinion, the answer is yes. What would you do? When you are exiting your vehicle at home, at work, or at the store, are you aware of who is around you? Do you analyze people to determine if they match a baseline of what you expect to be normal behavior? As you're loading or unloading your vehicle, are you maintaining a 360-degree awareness of your surroundings? What would you do if you felt unsafe walking to your car? Recently, my wife Tiffany asked someone to escort her to her vehicle because a strange man was giving her the creeps and following her around the store. Attack or an overreaction? Recently, one of my students asked me what she could legally do in this scenario. I live in a nice neighborhood in North Tampa. In the evening, I like to go for a walk on our community trail. If I was walking down the path and noticed a man charging me, could I shoot him? She asked. I was a little taken back by this woman's question. No, you cannot shoot someone just because they are running towards you. What if this person is jogging? I asked. The woman interrupted me. If I can't shoot him, can I fire a shot into the ground or at least pull the gun out? When you notice a man running at you, what did you believe he was going to do when he catches up to you, I asked. That's just it. I don't know what he is going to do. He could have a weapon, the woman replied. This scenario may sound like common sense, but let's ask ourselves the big questions. How could you avoid this situation? First of all, if this woman is so afraid of walking at night, then maybe she shouldn't walk at night. Or maybe she needs a walking partner. Second, one of the strategies to avoid a violent attack is to become a hardened target. This strategy is shown by demonstrating situational and intuitive awareness. The wolves are less likely to attack people who are aware of their surroundings. By exhibiting these skills, you're telling the wolf that you are not the right person. Let me ask you this question. If you saw someone walking down a trail in the evening, shining a flashlight back and forth, who would you think that person was? A police officer or a security guard, right? Ordinary people don't walk around with flashlights. A small flashlight is a powerful tool that may stop an attack before it begins. What self-defense options could have been used? At this point, your list of options is slim to none. I mean, the person is merely running, but you have not identified any threat. This is the moment that your awareness should move from condition yellow to condition orange. In this condition, you begin to evaluate the situation and formulate a plan. 
I talk about this in more detail in my avoidthethreat.com course. Part of this plan could be to have pepper spray in your hands, ready to go, or shine a flashlight in the person's eyes to see how they respond. At this point, I do not believe a firearm would be justified in any way. Does this scenario fall under the justified use of force statutes? 776.012, use or threatened use of force in defense of a person, subsection 2. A person is justified in using or threatening to use deadly force if he or she reasonably believes that using or threatening to use such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to himself or herself or another or to prevent the imminent commission of a forcible felony. Let's find out from the perspective of my student. As the man is running towards you, are you or someone around you going to die within seconds? No. Are you or someone around you going to become the victim of great bodily harm? No. Are you or someone around you going to become the victims of a forcible felony within seconds? No. Is the use of deadly force reasonable? No. The person running has not done anything that could be perceived as a threat. Is the use of deadly force necessary? No. The use of deadly force is not necessary to keep yourself safe. The answer to all three of these questions would be no, because nothing has happened. Where is the line in the sand? So you've identified a potential threat. But up to this point, you would not have a legal right to use or threaten the use of a firearm. Where is your line in the sand? If that line is crossed, you would have no choice but to pull your gun. What would this man running have to do before you would be willing to shoot? For me, my line in the sand would be a weapon in the man's hand. Remember, you always have to ask yourself this critical question. Is my only option to stay alive, to pull out my firearm and shoot? What would you do? Now it's time for you to figure out what you would do in a situation like this. Ask yourself these critical questions and determine the line in the sand. But always remember that our goal is to only use our firearm when we have no other option to stay alive. Stealing your car. Tom owns a small auto repair and car dealership in Tampa, Florida. One night, he was in the shop working on a vehicle when he noticed lights in the parking lot. Tom thought this was strange because the property was locked and he was the only person working late. Tom decided to investigate what was happening. As he approached one of his vehicles, he noticed a man sitting in the driver's seat. Tom knocked on the window, startling the thief, who immediately put the car into drive and floored it. The thief violently smashed into the other vehicles as he attempted to maneuver out of the parking lot. I met Tom a few days after this incident in one of my concealed carry courses. Tom wanted to get a gun because of this incident. So I asked him what he would have done if he would have had a firearm that day. I would have shot out the tires, Tom said confidently to the class. But would that be legal? 
I asked Tom. Sure. This guy is on my property and he's stealing, Tom replied. Unfortunately, many people have a false belief that they can legally shoot someone merely because they are trespassing. This false belief couldn't be further from the truth. Let's see what Florida Statute 776.031, subsection 1, has to say about the use of force in this situation. A person is justified in using or threatening to use force, except deadly force, against another when and to the extent that the person reasonably believes that such conduct is necessary to prevent or terminate the other's trespass on or other tortious or criminal interference with either real property other than a dwelling or personal property, lawfully in his or her possession or in the possession of another who is a member of his or her immediate family or household or of a person whose property he or she has a legal duty to protect. A person who uses or threatens to use force in accordance with this subsection does not have a duty to retreat before using or threatening to use such force. In my opinion, Tom would have a legal right to fist fight the car thief, but he would not have a right to threaten the use of a firearm or shoot out the tires. In order for Tom to have a legal right to use a gun, he would have to meet the requirements of Section 2 of this statute. Florida Statute 776.031, subsection 2. A person is justified in using or threatening to use deadly force if he or she reasonably believes that such conduct is necessary to prevent the imminent commission of a forcible felony. Everything boils down to this question. Was Tom's only option to stay alive to pull out his firearm and kill the thief? Personally, I believe the answer is no. The big questions. How could this situation have been avoided? Tom could have stayed inside and called 911. Tom can quickly identify the vehicle so the driver won't get very far. What self-defense options could have been used? In my opinion, Tom would have a legal right to physically stop the thief from taking his car, but is the reward worth the risk? The potential reward is that Tom could prevent his property from being stolen. However, the potential risks are much more significant. I would be willing to guess this isn't the first time the thief has taken a vehicle. He may have even served time in the past. This person could be on drugs or fearful about going back to prison. And you are the one person standing between them and freedom. Is it possible that this individual may be willing to kill you to prevent getting caught? Is it possible the thief may be willing to stab you or beat you to a pulp? I think the answer is yes. You simply never know who you're dealing with, which is why we must carefully balance the risk and rewards before confronting anyone. Where is the line in the sand? My line in the sand would be if the thief were attempting to steal a vehicle with my children in it. In this scenario, the reward of saving my children outweighs the risk of potentially getting killed. However, in this scenario, my line in the sand would be if the thief brandished a weapon.
What would you do if? What would you do if you caught a thief attempting to steal your vehicle? Would you call 911 and be a good witness? Or would you try to stop the thief physically? How would you balance the potential risks of confronting the thief with the reward? I think the significant error Tom made in this situation was that he had a false belief that he was allowed to discharge his firearm. Thankfully, Tom did not have a gun that day because if he did, he might be in a whole lot of trouble right now. Hopefully, Tom has learned from our discussion and he will be better prepared in case a situation like this happens again.